Welcome to the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast. Boy, things are getting hot around here. I will tell you guys, we have a horary course that Robert and I have been working on diligently over the last several weeks. It is almost done. We are targeting the eclipse day, April 20th, but we will keep you posted. It will be launched with a podcast episode. It will be available, and we will tell you all about it at that time. In fact, our next episode is going to be a really cool horary story that also involves reincarnation. So you're going to want to make sure you especially check out the next podcast. Now, for this episode, we are going to continue what we talked about in the last episode. We pivoted that conversation to start talking about a concept that Robert found years and years ago called the developmental arc, where you basically order by degree your planets in order by number, by the number of the degree. And then that picture presents a significant life theme. So we wanted to continue to embellish that. There is so much that we didn't get to last time. So we picked a random chart of Steve Jobs. This is a double-A Rodham chart, so we feel a confident, accurate birth time, even though he was adopted. February 24th, 1955, 7.15 p.m., San Francisco, California, if you would like to look at the chart as well. So, Robert, let's pick apart this chart from a developmental arc perspective. Well, thanks. Uh, that's a very explanatory introduction. The concept is very old, really. You simply list every planet and point, starting with the planet in earliest degree, and then going all the way through the planets and the ascendant in the midheaven, until you end up with the planet or point in latest degree. So what you have with Steve Jobs, for example... His sun is at 5 degrees Pisces, 44 minutes, and it happens to be the planet in his chart that is in the earliest degree. Next in order is his moon at 7 degrees Aries and 44 minutes and so on. So you begin to list your planets in the order of their earliest degree to latest degree, and what you have is what I call a developmental arc. Because when you list the planets in order from earliest to latest degree, every time a planet or the moon or the sun enters a new sign, it begins to trigger every single one of those points in that same order. Now, what happens from birth, for example, the moon, after your birth, will in 30 days have triggered this developmental arc in order. The moon enters a new sign. It makes a conjunction, a semi-sextile, a sextile, a square, etc., to every other planet. And the moon does that in 30 days, 29 and a half days. The sun triggers this same developmental arc every year. It takes a year for the sun to go around the zodiac. So each each 
month, in fact, the sun will enter a new sign and it will start triggering these same developmental arcs in order, but from a new sign. So the aspects it makes are different. A planet like Mars or Jupiter, let's say, Jupiter spends one year in a sign. So it will take 12 years for Jupiter to trigger all of this developmental arc. So you begin to get a sense of the this order almost becomes built into you with DNA because from day one, the day you're born, this same developmental arc begins to be triggered by events and just by growth as a, a newborn infant and so on. So it becomes built into you. Now with Steve Jobs, for example, his planet in earliest degree is his, his son at five degrees Pisces in his sixth house of work and occupation. So his whole identity, his life force, really, is in his sixth house of service, of work and occupation in a very esoteric sign, Pisces, which happens to be ruled by Jupiter and also by Neptune. So here's where you find, and this is the planet in his earliest degree, so every month, every year, uh, and frankly, every day, by the diurnal rotation of the Earth, uh, the ascendant in a given locale will trigger these this same developmental uh, arc. So his first developmental arc in everything, he is looking to find and to express his son, his ego, his talents, his creativity, his genius, his perceptions, which, by the way, are very Piscean at birth. They're otherworldly, in a sense. He's getting into areas of, of mass communications and understanding that at a level that nobody before him did. So he is, in fact, Einstein was another Pisces, incidentally. So, so people, I think tend to think Pisces are kind of woo-woo, but in fact, uh, they can be geniuses just like this man. So that's the first thing that he looks for. Now, we know that he's adopted. So here we go. The life force, the sun, is in Pisces, a sign of mystery or confusion and so on. So his identity then is already kind of, it's not bipolar, but it is bifurcated in the sense that the parents who loved him and brought him up are not the parents who conceived him. And that just adds a different layer than, say, you or I who know who our parents were and so on. So it gives him already a sense of being in two worlds, which is very Piscean. The next planet in orbit after his moon is, as after the sun, is his moon, which is at seven degrees. So his immediate response to he weighs a situation. Where do I fit in here? Can I expand on this situation? Can I take this idea and run with it? Or can I heal this thing that's broken with this system? Because he's very much a gifted genius. The second thing is he finds with the moon in Aries, he is constantly looking for something new, something original, something that hasn't been done before. And he, the moon is in his seventh house, which is his public presentation of himself to other people. So the moon in Aries, read the books, the old Google them, can be one of the signs of genius, moon in Aries. So the next planet, the next, after his, he's, he's found his sun and his moon. That's the two most personal planets in every event that comes along. It's whether a person comes into his life who is new, a business situation comes into his life that's new. The, this is the order in which he responds totally unconsciously. After the moon comes Mercury. 
And Mercury is in Aquarius, another sign of, quote, mental Mercury. Genius, Aquarius, an original thinker. Uranus happens to rule the Internet. And here is Mercury, which, of course, is associated with work and service and Virgo and jobs. And it's in his fifth house of creativity. So you will. Uh, this is kind of reflecting what his son did. Mercury in Aquarius reflects this original thinking that's connected with mass communications and electronics like like the internet so this next planet in orbit turns out to be the part of fortune now the part of fortune in a person's chart is a synthesis of the three most personal points in the horoscope the sun the moon and the ascendant and his part of fortune which is in leo is falls right after Mercury. So the next thing he does is to find a way to capitalize on this new and stimulating project that he's undertaking. So he is very much an entrepreneur with a chart like this. Already he is. Then the next planet after his part of fortune is Jupiter at 20 degrees cancer and retrograde. So now he wants to grow this thing that he's just gotten involved in or this discovery he's made or this idea that he has. He wants to grow it and expand it with Jupiter. And he's going to be looking for backers with Jupiter in cancer. So that's the next archetype that's in his developmental order. And right along with that is Saturn at 21, Scorpio. So he's got Saturn and Jupiter trying each other at birth, which is one of the best aspects anybody can have for success in business. Jupiter, the aspect of, of expansion and growth and confidence and vision, Jupiter, trines Saturn, the architect, the skeleton, the framework, the structure, the permanency in Scorpio, Saturn is, in his second house, but on his third cusp. So this is one of the aspects, among others, in this chart that connotes uh, extreme potentials for success which of course he had so he's very much oriented toward a business approach to life he wants he's very much devoted to not only serving humanity through his business and and other discoveries but also to capitalize on them and and he really does have i think the best of humanity at heart in in his original thinking along with the internet and so on right after saturn in order in fact it's at the same degree but a different sign is venus now this is an interesting concept they're at the same degree saturn and venus taken together in any association really will often have maybe some challenges and difficulties in love and marriage and romance and children but if they find as a career direction saturn what they love to do venus if they can unite that venus saturn archetype and his are in the same degree at birth so they they're locked in in a trine if he can if a person with this finds and follows their bliss follows what they really love to do which he did they can be tremendously successful and that's what he's always been always has looked for the next point after venus is his midheaven 
again, he instantly wants to turn everything into a career. And his career is based on his midheaven, which is in Gemini at birth. So he has multiple careers, at least two, but multiple. And they all are going to be characterized by Mercury in Aquarius, because Mercury in Aquarius rules his Gemini midheaven. So that you begin to see now how these things are all linking back to each other. And the planet after his midheaven point in order of degree is Uranus, the genius, the breakthrough, the awakener. And it too is retrograde, but that's next in the sequence. So he takes these things public. Uh, I'm sitting here right now with an iPhone on my desk. Doesn't everybody have one? You see what I mean? So these are the kinds of mass delivery of what in fact this this iphone i'm looking at on my desk right now is umpteen millions time more powerful than the first computer i bought which was a k-pro in 1981 so that's how radically this man has changed society because even in the amazon jungle tribesmen have cell phones today then the planet after the uranus is Pluto next in order, and followed by Neptune, and then followed by Mars. So it's a very interesting zodiacal sequence, what this, this horoscope shows. But if you think of it in that way, you list your planets in order of earliest degree to latest degree, and then begin to look at the transits to them. And you begin to see, oh, here's Mars triggering these things one by one in this order. What does it mean in my horoscope when it's triggering this planet in that house and so on? And where is that planet in this developmental arc of mine? And as you do that, uh, you'll begin to get some insights into your own behavior, your own choices, and your own responses to life, to new people, to new ideas, to new projects. It's a wonderful way to gain some really deep insights into yourself. Yeah, this is such an, a fascinating study. And the thing that intrigues me is the constant re-triggering of these points. That's fascinating, isn't it? Because you begin to realize, Thomas, this is literally true. We're born with this snapshot of time and space, so the planets are in the order that they're in, in the snapshot. Well, the planets move by transits, or they move by solar arcs and progression, but either way, especially by transits, for example, they literally show the positions of the planets today, and you start realizing, wow, this is interesting, because Mars takes two years to go all the way around the zodiac. So Mars, which is action, Mars triggers my, my developmental arc in this order. And in Steve Jobs' case, it would be, first Mars triggers my sun, then my moon, then my Mercury, then my part of fortune, then my Jupiter. Then my... And as you begin to look at these things and think about them, you will get insights into uh, your behavior and your life that I swear to you, you will never get in any other. And it's a small technique. It's a simple thing to do. Just put them in zodiacal order of the earliest degrees and then begin to interpret that order. These are the planets I think of often as archetypes of energies of various kinds. Mars is very much about taking action somewhere. Jupiter is very much about growing and expanding and learning more and so on, traveling and so on. So each of the planets represents a sort of uh, archetypal energy, if you will. And the outer planets especially Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, are collective planets. And by transits, they can show you the 
influence of the collective on you at a given time in your life. And again, with reference to this developmental arc, that too can be fascinating to see. Steve Jobs is dead now, but he would have, if he were still alive, he would have transiting Uranus in Taurus applying to, in fact, it has just opposed his birth Saturn. Well, in his developmental order, that comes about in the middle of his developmental arc. So you can begin to do that, too. Use this list that you make of the order these planets are in, and then look at the transits. And immediately you can see, oh, Pluto's doing this. Oh, look at this. Pluto's stationary at zero Aquarius. Look what I have there. So it gives you a very graphic way to get some really deep information about yourself pretty quickly. Okay, let's give people a little grid here of how they could do this for themselves. So obviously the first thing is to do what you and I did and what you said at first as we started this episode is you list them out in order by degree from lowest to highest. All right, that's first. Then you mentioned that the moon crosses all of those within the first 30 days. That kind of sets the pattern or ingrains it. What would you say for people wanting to explore their developmental arc would be the second thing they would do now that they have that list? Well, I'll tell you what I did with mine when I first discovered it. I started trying to look at it and make sense of it. Now, if we're looking at Steve Jobs' chart here, and the earliest degree that he has is his son at 5 degrees 44 Pisces in his sixth house. This house has a lot of meaning. It is work and it is health. He died young of pancreatic cancer. Pancreas is ruled by Virgo, opposite Pisces of the sun. Now, I'm just going instantly to that because his health was a big issue. In fact, he probably overworked himself, stressed himself. But the pancreatic cancer is certainly a genetic trait that's a, that can be inherited. And so depending on what his heredity was like, his birth parents, you see, that's another area possibly of mystery. But I would look at this and go, all right, then this is saying the first thing that I respond to with anything, when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I'm looking for is where in today is my identity because the, the sun in Pisces wants to pour itself into some kind of a shape. So if, if it's smart, which he certainly was, it's ruled by Jupiter, the old Chaldean ruler. And Jupiter's in Cancer and trying his Saturn and pretty much the same degree. So automatically, when he wakes up in the morning, He's looking for something to involve him mentally and emotionally, and he's always got always had something going, uh, invention-wise and, and developing and so on. But second of all, he wants to uh, figure out a way to capitalize on it and make it happen with that, that son. And then ultimately, too, he's probably always was aware of his own health, uh, not as a fragile thing, but something to be taken care of. Um, and I think that he did for most of his life. So that so the second order of developmental arc is his moon. And the moon is in Aries in the seventh house. So he's going to talk to somebody else about these ideas that he wakes up with every day. Call a meeting. I want to share this. And he'll get them together. And he'll come out with something, the moon in Aries, that is so cutting edge and so original 
that it's bound to stir up. Oh, 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 we can't, we can't. But he, he never says we can't. I don't think the man ever, ever knew what it really felt. I mean, it failed. Sure, they happen. Things fail. Things don't work out. Never batted an eye. This guy is mooning in Aries. He's already on to the next project, which is back in the back burner anyway, because he's got so many things going at once with that mid-heaven in Gemini. And so as far as defeat goes, he doesn't know it. And even if you want to look at a person's weak spots, you could look at his Saturn in the second house and think, well, gee, does he have self-worth issues? No, he's got Jupiter trine Uranus. And, and I mean, he's got Saturn trine Jupiter and Uranus. So no, he doesn't have any self-worth issues at all. But you're taking these, this order and thinking through your own life as you go um, to see how you respond and how you live. In fact, the planet of last degree in Steve Jobs chart, there are two, and they're right together. Neptune is at 28 Libra, 03, and retrograde, which happens to be a very spiritual and cosmic and highly collective planet. Neptune, and that's next to last, is at 28 degrees, and Mars is at 29 degrees. It's interesting that the planet of action is last in order in Steve Jobs' chart, because the first thing anybody, including me, would think is this guy is act action in the sense of Mars and initiating things, that kind of action, every day of his life. What do you mean it's, it's the planet of last degree? Well, what that implies is that when he has thought everything through and worked it out on paper and in meetings and discussions and refined it and perfected it, boom, then he takes action. So he's a guy, despite the originality and the brilliance and the impatience even of him, he can be very determined and persistent to see a goal through, not only to completion, but beyond completion. And to a, And I'll tell you, you know, an interesting story about this Neptune aspect being the next to the last aspect in the developmental arc. Steve Jobs' sister wrote an article for Esquire magazine. It was not a long article. She was in the hospital with him while he was dying, and she was holding his hand. And she writes this in Esquire, that he gripped her hand. He closed his eyes and gripped her hand and said, oh, wow. And then she writes on about feeling his grip begin to weaken. And it got a little weaker and a little weaker. And he said it a second time. He said, oh, wow. And then she said his grip finally faded away to nothing. And he whispered it a third time. Oh, wow. So who knows what he was seeing? But for those of us who have ever had out-of-body experiences or things like that, it's quite amazing and beautiful and wonderful. So I can only imagine when I read that years ago, I thought, hmm? make perfect sense because in fact he did have that spiritual component so i don't know if that's interesting enough uh, thomas but that's a way to work with these things i think that's a beautiful way and a beautiful story there at the end as well and to show you just how significant all of these placements in his chart was now this is not related to the developmental arc but just to show you that these degrees matter as robert has taught us well that in 1985, he was fired from Apple when he got into it with John Scully. That was his Mercury position times two. So when Mercury's degree was doubled, Steve Jobs was fired. 
He returned in 1997, and that was double the Saturn and Venus placement. And then he died on October 5th, 2011, and that was double the Neptune degrees. So it really is truly amazing. We are going to be launching this horary class, as we mentioned. It is going to allow you the structure and the infrastructure to do what you just heard. That was unrehearsed, folks. I pulled Steve Jobs' name out of a hat about five minutes before we hit record. You'll be able to replicate this same kind of proficiency as you learn Robert's style through this horary course. It is going to be amazing, and that will be released hopefully later next week. We'll let you know. Thank you so much for listening. Check the show notes for all the details of everything around our show, and we'll see you next time on the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast with Robert Glasscock. <music>